0: Hi, welcome to Beyond the Walls podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Renika.
1: And I'm Kylie. And yes, we're sisters. We're going to share stories about our life and growing up together and some personal walls we've overcome. We hope you laugh a lot.
0: You honestly might cry a little.
1: But our hope is that maybe you'll be inspired to go beyond the walls in your way too. So grab your coffee or tea and come on in. Hi, and welcome back. This is part two of our relationship series, and we spent the last episode talking about boundaries. So if you haven't had a chance, feel free to go back and listen. And this episode, we are going to give you lots of practicals on how to define relationships.
0: So forget what you think you know about defining relationships and about the relationships in your life. And just for the time being, Just try to start at the most neutral ground level. If what immediately came to your mind was dad or mom or parent or children or friends or coworkers or neighbors or associates, whatever the titles or roles of the people that just came to your mind that you're assigning those roles to, just completely neutralize those titles and those roles so that we can really just redefine and rebuild the relationship from the ground up. What we want to present you with are three components of a relationship and how to define it so that you can go from being in the ambiguous gray space that most of us find ourselves in when we're not being intentional about what our relationship is or what it is not, And move you into a space where hopefully you can experience the freedom of the relationship. And when you look at your life, what my hope and I know what Kylie's hope for you is, is that you can look and see how you are surrounded by intentional and deep relationships with the people that you really want and need to be deep and intentional with. And that really starts with defining the relationship.
1: And if we can, you know, like with Romika's request, right, the first thing is to to recognize that we've put a lot of unspoken pressure in just roles that people play. And so when we can put that role down and all of the assumed expectations of how something should go and how it should look and why it's letting us down or we're failing to meet these unspoken expectations is when we can really kind of start to create that kind of commitment and relationship that we want with that specific individual that comes to mind. Mm. And so those three components that we're going to talk about is commitment, communication of expectations, and then defining your baseline. And we'll go through each point and kind of, give you some more detail about what that means to us and how you can practically implement that into your relationships. So commitment, which when we could kind of spoke to, you know, there's two different dynamics. We have a commitment with a relationship with someone who is in a healthy space. When we have two healthy people that both already have buy-in, they want to have a relationship mm-hmm. kind of by choice, right? Um, you both want to be in it. You both are creating a friendship or you're in a committed dating relationship, or even with family, when you kind of cross that line of, okay, we're not here just because we have to, but because we want to, Mm -hmm. but then we also have a lot of relationships where, um, we don't know where the other person stands or they're not in a position where they can, or they're not ready to be as invested as we want to be. And so what do we do under those circumstances?
0: Mm-hmm. I think for me, I can speak to the, well, the majority of my relationships, pre-adoption especially, were these relationships that I really did have to redefine because they all had titles on them. And with the titles for me came the designated roles that they were supposed to have in my life. And with those designated roles, they had expectations and so that, of course, what follows expectations when not placed appropriately is or can be disappointment yeah. and resentment. And so that's really my ask with trying to go back and neutralize the relationship. It really has to start there if you're going to redefine something that already has this assumed um, and defined kind of expectation whether that's something that society has placed on us or whether that's something that we've placed on ourselves but for me really coming from a space where like for instance with my biological dad he's in prison Mm -hmm. and so you know technically his role is my biological father he's my dad right but what significance does he really need to have on my day-to-day life, on my value, on my importance, on the way I show up in this world? Yeah. If he can only commit as much as the prison system really allows him, yeah. and what significance do I need to place on other men in my life or other father figures? I have to really reconsider and just neutralize that role and just start from the baseline. What is a father? And this is my situation with him being in prison. But what does that need to have or what significance does that need to have on my adopted father now? Yeah. And that all comes with... Defining what I want my commitment level to be. It has nothing to do with what he is or what he isn't able to commit to me. Yeah, I have to come from a space of de- defining what my commitment needs to look like in our relationship, in my relationship with him.
1: Yeah,
0: I'm talking about my biological father here, so... With my commitment level, with my biological father, it has looked different. The last time I saw him in prison was my senior year of uh, high school. He had his last parole hearing and he didn't get it. And I remember sitting across from the table from him and it was just so clear in our conversation how much life he he had missed because he just really couldn't. There was no way for him to be a part of my day-to-day life. Yeah. And in that moment, you know, my adoptive dad was also there. Um, He wasn't like in the room, but he was in the area. And I was like, wow, like it was just so clear to me how different our relationships were. But for so long, I had held my adoptive dad to a standard and I placed expectations on him solely because I had no clue what a father should be mm-hmm. and so I used Hollywood movies the game plan I remember feeling so depressed after I watched that because mm-hmm. I was like oh this is what I was supposed to have mm-hmm. this is what a father was supposed to have uh-huh. looked like and so I placed those on my adoptive dad who also has his own story and he has his own reasons why he shows up the way that he is Yeah. and so that's why commitment is really important because it doesn't have anything to do with the other person. Yeah. But if you can come from a space where it's neutralized, where you're not placing these expectations that you have maybe heard or even seen, you know, somebody else's relationship with their father doesn't need to be my same dynamic. I don't need to be committed in the same way. Or we can choose to be committed more. Yeah. Than what I've witnessed. Yeah. Yeah. But it's up to me to decide. And it it is too confusing to make a decision about your commitment level in a relationship when you're coming or you're approaching that from a place where you have these hidden or um, where you're comparing it. They say comparison is the thief of joy. And it's so true. If you begin building your level of commitment based on what you're comparing that relationship to look like either if it's in a movie you saw a book you read another relationship or another definition yeah if you're comparing it to anything outside of just from yourself coming from a place of your own wholeness then you're going to be disappointed in the relationship
1: yeah i think that's such a great point because it's so easy for us to to make it personal and to make mm. it about us. Mm. I can't be such and such. I can't be happy. I can't be complete. I can't be successful. I can't be all of these things because of what somebody else's choices were, mm. or what they were capable of doing or not. Because there's so many relationships that we're disappointed, we're hurt, mm. we're um, negatively impacted. Because of the other person's ability or even our ability in the moment to handle it in a way that is with integrity Mm. or honesty. And it's so hard to be honest and vulnerable. Mm. But when we can make it more individual instead of the expectations and that comparison of what it's supposed to look like Mm. is where we can find that freedom. Mm. And I think so then when we transition into talking about relationships where two parties can participate in that commitment, Mm. you know, that's a different set of requirements and needs, you know, so it makes me think about our mom. And when I was 20, I think I'd gone away to school for a year and then I came back and I was still living at home. I was working full time and I decided to get uh, my own place. And I was gonna buy something. Mm. Colin was in real estate. My parents had been doing real estate, you know, so we had looked around a couple of places and kind of narrowed it down. But I ended up signing the contract when mom was out of town <laughs> and didn't even like tell her. She just came home and I was like, I signed a contract. <laughs> she was so upset. <laughs> she was so upset and so hurt. But in that conversation, it was completely transformative for our relationship. Mm. And so in it, all of the fears, And the undefined part of our expectations kind of got to come out in that moment of like, what does it look like to go from mother-daughter, where I am under your house, I'm under your authority, Mm. to now being my own individual in a real way? Mm. I have to be my own responsible member of society. We luckily were able to have an honest enough of a conversation to hear each other out And to be able to understand where the other person was coming from and make new decisions on how we were going to communicate because I think in that moment, and I didn't realize it before it had happened. I was so afraid making my own decisions and hearing mom and dad's advice Mm. and hearing their advice as this is how you need to do it or else we're going to be disappointed. Mm. or you're going to do it wrong. Like, this is the right way to do it. Or you can do it your way. Second best. Right? And I think we were able in that moment, and she didn't know that that's what I was feeling. And I didn't really know it yet until we had that conversation. But in that moment, we were then able to hear each other enough. I could say that. Like, I just needed the freedom. I was just too afraid. I think I didn't want to come to you. And I wanted to prove to myself so much that I could make this decision by myself. And it wasn't just their way. Mm. And I was being forced into a particular direction.
0: Yeah.
1: And she of course doesn't want that for me. She wants us to have an open relationship and be able to communicate about things, but she also wants to be able to give her motherly advice and have a say. You know, she's we come from a very opinionated family and I'm just as opinionated. And so we needed to find a way where she could express her opinions. I could come to her and seek out her advice but still walk away with the language that we both felt secure that she could add in, Hey, here's my thoughts, but whatever you decide I'll trust. Mm-hmm. And when I was starting to second guess or feel like I needed the reassurance, I could then ask her in those moments to say, Hey, do you still trust? Do I have the freedom? Do you still trust that this is a good idea? I don't want to do it that way that you're suggesting
0: mm-hmm.
1: reassure me of the relationship.
0: Yeah. I love that because it even brings to the surface this idea of just like play dumb, <laughs> you know, and that's the easiest way. I, I, I wish there were a more eloquent way to say it, but when you're in those types of relationships, because a lot of times you've been in these same relationships for a long time, right? We're talking about parent-child relationships, right? You've been in that dynamic since you were born, regardless of the fact of whether or not that parent has been in your life in your day-to-day life or not, mm-hmm. but that dynamic has still been at play for a long time. Yeah. Family is just like that. Yeah. And so you really have to get comfortable with repeating yourself, you know, re reaffirming things that maybe you guys have assumed, but in order to just clear the communication yeah. or that, or clear up any miscommunication that could happen, if you both are willing to just play dumb. Yeah. Like yeah, I don't know. I yeah. don't know. Just assume come from a space where you assume you don't know. Then you're always able to get the information that you need. Yeah. in order to communicate in a way that both of each both of you can hear the other person yeah. and reestablish the the groundwork that needs to be your foundation going forward. Yeah.
1: Brings us to the second point, right? Of communicating expectations. And once you know in your relationship with this person, whether or not you're in a situation where you both can come to the table with a commitment and defining the relationship and expectations, or you have to figure it out on your own in what you're going to be responsible for, Mm -hmm. you got to be able to lay down some expectations and be really clear with yourself and then that other person if possible of what your game plan is going to be. Right. You got to know where you are currently and where you want to go. And I think that's exactly what happened with mom. Right. We didn't know yet. Like it was, it was an obvious transition, but it took us a second to catch up. Mm. And also we're like, Oh, wait a second. We we're in a new dynamic mm. and it had. We have a long, long history of, a way of being with each other and how we communicate. And the same thing can happen in our marriages mm. and how long we've been doing something for so long. And then we just didn't realize until all of a sudden we do realize like, this isn't working. Like we need mm. to do it differently. We now need what worked in those early years or pre kids, like doesn't work any longer now that we're even farther into our marriage or the kids are growing up or we're in an empty or situation now mm. or with our friendships Where, you know, in the beginning or we had different work dynamics or whatever it is, there's always going to be a time where we get to renegotiate the expectations when it just needs to change Mm -hmm. and it's not wrong. It doesn't have to be wrong or right, but it's okay for it to develop and mature Mm -hmm. and have different needs. And I think too, to your point about, um, getting bitter. I think there's so much room in that middle space where we make those assumptions, you know, and we don't play dumb and go get those clarified and we make a lot of decisions based on assumptions. Mm -hmm. Well, this is how it's supposed to have been Mm
0: -hmm.
1: or this is how it should be going and it's not. And we're disappointed. How do we get to re go back in and take control of that, of the decisions that we're making What expectations are we holding ourselves to? What expectations are we holding the other person to? But when we make decisions and we make boundaries and requirements and expectations in our relationships based on assumptions, you can guarantee there's going to be bitterness Mm. and resentment.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, me and mom have this agreement and it's just, you don't get to be upset. About something you were unwilling to communicate was even an expectation. Mm, That's good. And it really freed me up, even to reconsider the way that I was communicating with people, Mm. because I think what happens is we have all of these unspoken assumptions, as you mentioned, and you know we just we play dumb in a sense that. Well, I'm just going to wait until they pay attention to the fact that they missed this. Mm -hmm. There was um, this TV show and I was looking, I was scrolling through TikTok and I was so conflicted by one of the kids because he was so embittered at this point and just hurt, which rightfully so. I mean, it was valid. His dad had forgotten his birthday. Mm -hmm. And so... He went like the whole day and he chose in that space to also not tell his dad that it was his birthday. Mm. So he's becoming more and more embittered. And I don't know how long it had been. That wasn't clear to me. And I don't, I don't personally watch the show, but I'm familiar with it. But he said he hadn't talked to his dad since that day. Wow. And man, like how many times that happens in relationships where we choose not to share something with the other person because we assume that they just need to know yeah, and it makes sense. And it might, it yeah. might just be something that is just like common sense for most people. yeah. But I think with me and my mom coming up with that agreement yeah. that we both chose to buy into and I I bought into it regardless of whether or not other people do The same thing for me because it's given me so much freedom. Yeah, I am not allowed to allow myself to grow bitter about something that I was unwilling to communicate was an expectation for that other person. Yeah, now it's something completely different when you have communicated, Hey, this hurts, yeah, or Hey, this is my expectation for our relationship, and the person doesn't do it. And I think in that space, that's where, again, you get to renegotiate your terms then. You get to redefine your relationship. If this was a close friend, my expectations for a close friend are communicated. My expectation for my sister is communicated. We have in a relationship that's healthy, you both are able to air those both out and then compromise if there's something that the other person isn't willing to do. Because if they love you, people who love you and want to fight for a relationship are willing to negotiate with you and at many times are willing to sacrifice. Kylie has sacrificed so much to meet me where I'm at in our relationship. And that's just one relationship that I get to use as an example or to give me trust that I can do that or it's transferable in a different relationship. Yeah. And give me confidence. And that's what I'm hoping that this does for you all. Because what gets to happen is you get to renegotiate what your expectations are. And then that's just it. Yeah. You know? So. If that best friend has agreed, hey, when I say this, this hurts you, I'm going to choose not to say this, and then they do it, you remind them of what your expectation was that you agreed to, and they still do it, and maybe they renegotiate and say, hey, that's just not some somebody I'm able to be, something I'm able to do. Uh, yeah. If that is your expectation for that level of relationship, then the freedom comes with relieving them. And redefining the relationship at that point. Yeah. They are not your close friend. Define it. Make it something else.
1: Yeah.
0: Who, what kind of relationship then? What kind of expectations do you have for the new definition of that relationship? Yeah. And then release them from the expectations that you have placed on the role that they are not able to fulfill for you. Yeah. I think that is what has been so helpful in reaching that point with my adoptive dad, because when I was just able to release my biological dad from these roles and these expectations, I was able to look at my adoptive dad and be like, hey, this is what I really need from a from a father figure. This is coming from my place of wholeness that I'm just asking you, is this something you can do? And fortunately, he was willing to do that. Yeah. And so we get to experience a different kind of relationship that's so separate. I don't even have to compare it to Kylie's relationship with him or Colin's relationship with him. We have our own relationship and we have agreed to what expectations we have in our dynamic that work for both of us.
1: Yeah.
0: And that's where the freedom comes in the relationship. So, my biological father and that significance has nothing to do with the story I tell myself about my relationship with my adoptive dad.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. And I think, in that too, you know, when you're in those times where you've put out, you've been, been willing and able to be vulnerable enough to put out what your expectations are or what you want to have happen in the relationship. I think another level of that is then you have to start looking for how it's coming true and not how it's not coming true. Mm-hmm. You know, especially if it's something new that some, we're not comfortable with, or you're asking the other person to be more vulnerable or more honest or, you know, something that they're not already naturally doing, it's so easy for us to then kind of hold them hostage and just lie in wait for them to fail. Mm -hmm. Kind of like with your example, with the TV show, Mm -hmm. you know, where the son also had the opportunity to remind his dad and they could have been unified like that same day, had he just asked and trusted. But I think there's something so weird that happens in our brains that if we have to, mention it, that it somehow discounts it. Mm -hmm. If I have to ask you, do you still love me? That somehow it doesn't, you just have to say it back and you're just, you're lying about it. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But we we have an opportunity in that time to choose to trust and choose to believe, or we can continue to doubt and assume the worst and expect them to keep having to prove themselves and not take them at their face value. And so that's, The third part that we want to talk about is defining your baseline. So when we're talking about a relationship where both parties have made a commitment to each other, let's, let's start with marriage, right? Lee and I made a commitment in the very beginning. We were never going to use the word divorce.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: There is a certain line that we are committed to not crossing. Mm -hmm. And We could do the same thing with our other family members or our coworkers, or, you know, it's going to have different varying degrees, but if we're in a relationship where we have made a commitment, we have expectations and we want to see it through, there's longevity in this relationship. We want it for the long haul. Mm -hmm then there's certain things we just are not going to say to each other. We might be tempted to want to say it, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: but there's some things that we say that just can't be taken back Mm
0: -hmm. and they take us
1: down a whole nother path. We don't actually really want to go. And so for me, I think in a, in a marriage situation, right, when there's been times where, We are just in so much conflict or one of us is hurting and we're just not on the same page. I think we also have two choices. And the easy thing is to give full vent to our feelings and our fears, which is, oh my goodness, why did we even do this? Why are we even married? Should we still be married? But the real question that's going to bring us back together and bring us more unity Is to go in for the feeling what I need reassured in is that he still loves me. Mm. And that's a whole lot different than you want a divorce, don't you? Mm. You regret even being in this relationship to begin with. Mm. It's such a different path and such a different tone that one is being vulnerable enough to say, I know we're hurting, but we're still in this together Mm. versus we're hurting. And you want out, don't you? Mm -hmm. Or I want out. Or when we're talking with our family members. Well, you just, you never wanted me in the first place. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Right? And whether you're adopted or not, right? Kids can feel like their parents didn't want them and they regretted getting pregnant. There's lots of surprises out there. Right? (laughs) situations happen yeah. where we can doubt people's original intent or their long-term commitment. You know, if I had a job, I would never go to my boss and be like, are you going to fire me? Because that's pretty much going to guarantee a much closer path to getting fired than if I went in and was just like, oh, I'm feeling like, you know, I'm my job's at stake. Is there something I can do to make it better? Mm-hmm. Is there something, you know, how can I improve my work? Mm-hmm. I'm feeling insecure, whatever wording you can use. That's not, you're going to fire me, aren't you?
0: <laughs> well, communicating the fear is the vulnerable piece. Yeah. That is still, it leads you in. You can lean into the relationship when you're communicating a vulnerability and yeah. a fear.
1: Yeah.
0: But having an exit plan and constantly reminding people of your exit plan is a way that you put distance in the relationship. Yeah. And so people tend to confuse them. And so I will hear a lot. And even my like default response, um, this this would have been in the earlier stages because, you know, there was just a lot of, when you're coming from a space where you are adopted, there's a lot of fear. Mm-hmm. And that happens regardless of how amazing your adoptive fam family is or is not. And so there's just this insecurity and there's this void or this wound, right? In that space. And so I remember when I was younger all the time, just reminding people of my exit plan. Mm. And my goal was what I really wanted was for them to reassure me and remind me that they didn't have an exit plan. Mm-hmm. But reminding them of mine was not very reassuring for them. Yeah, And so I probably had a 60-40 chance, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm the 40, only because my adoptive parents were aware of this dynamic, that they were willing to speak to the wound and willing to reassure sometimes. But mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, they were, it was so personal because I made it so personal. Yeah with explicitly always expect expressing my exit plan, that it was hard for them to hear past and see past the yeah. exit plan in order to lean in into the relationship. Yeah. So I would say that the reason why this is so important, defining your baseline is kind of just like, this is just, this is our hard line. We will always start, you can start from here. You can yeah. always start from here. You, there's room to grow, yeah. there's room to build in a buffer. You won't always stay at the baseline as you build trust in the relationship. With you know, it takes time to build trust, so with time, you'll be in a different space. But you can always go as low as your baseline, yeah. But the baseline is where you have just decided, I'm not going to go lower than that, yeah. We just won't do it, yeah. You don't know that I'm about to ask you this and it's really out there. It's vulnerable. Okay. But I'm just curious if there is, is there ever a situation where you would divorce Lee?
1: No. Well.
0: There is no situation.
1: I want to say no. But what I can say is it would be if i have i have two choices right now i have no reason to right now Mm -hmm. but our marriage seven years ago i was hanging on by a thread Mm -hmm. and i knew in that moment i was like if i continue to foster this bitterness and resentment and hurt And negativity, I am closer than I've ever been. Mm. And I had a choice in that moment to stop assuming that negative, kind of what we talked about earlier, Mm. where I'm going to constantly look for ways where you are neglecting me. Let me count the ways that you don't show up for me. You're not loving me. You're not being vulnerable. You're not growing. Mm. And my pedestal of self-righteousness and how hard I'm working and how worthy I am, and I don't deserve this, Mm. is growing higher and higher and higher. Mm. And until I was willing to take some personal responsibility for who I was and the unspoken, unrealistic expectations that I was putting on him for my self-worth and my value. Once I was able to be responsible for myself and be my own whole person, I could then choose to see Lee with fresh eyes. Mm
0: -hmm. And I had
1: an opportunity in that moment to see him for who he was trying to be and who he was not trying to be. And only in that moment did I finally start to see and value and appreciate his patience, his self-control to not be just as ugly and harsh back with his words as I Mm -hmm. was to him. His fear in being vulnerable, right? Like his Mm -hmm. insecurities and weaknesses of what he could bring to the relationship, And we actually, we had to redefine. We had to start back over and be like, this is really gut level honest with each other and recommit emotionally and verbally what we had originally signed up for. And once I was willing to start looking for the ways that he was showing up for me and looking for the ways that he was trying and investing and looking for the ways that he was putting on love, and vulnerability and honesty could I then even appreciate what he was really doing and the goodness that we had in our relationship hmm. so back to your original question right now i think i still have that choice every day and i think the more that i'm looking to put on the goodness looking to put on the trust looking to put on the my own vulnerability and honesty in the relationship it's going to be a whole lot harder to be closer to that line than always hovering mm. the line of divorce. Mm-hmm. Divorce him, stay. Divorce him, stay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if the closer we stay on that neutral line of like I'm barely loved but I'm not hated,
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah.
1: It's going to be a whole lot easier to go below that line
0: mm-hmm.
1: than us trying to get as far away from that line, incomplete honesty mm-hmm. and real vulnerability. Mm-hmm. So right now, that's not where we are right now. But I'm committed to showing up as honestly as I can and not giving up to express my needs, even when they don't get met. Mm -hmm. And that's what we all have to do is keep staying in that space. I can either choose to be building or choose to be tearing down.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're... Well, with defining the relationship, sorry that was so deep. It was good. <laughs> <laughs> did catch me off guard. To was, get lighter, <laughs> real life, y'all. <laughs> no edits. <laughs> so, with defining a relationship, these three components, right? It's really establishing what do you want. Yeah. And I think what you're speaking to with your relationship with Lee is where you guys actually were. Yeah. Seven years ago being very real, not what you hoped, where you hoped you were, what you thought you were, what you wanted to be, what you hoped other people would see you as, but just really being real with exactly where you were.
1: Yeah. And it took several years of negative spiraling to get to that lowest low, right? It's not like everything was great. And then all of a sudden I woke up one day and it was over. Yeah. I'd spent years building that resentment and bitterness and unspoken expectations and fear Mm.
0: but back to you no it hardly ever is right like that's what that's our last episode like you know this this wrong that this person did to me brick yeah you know this unspoken Uh, expectation this is another brick oh, this is what I wanted from them, but this is not what they did or this is not what they said, brick. And then you have this wall. And I walked in
1: every day with the brick already in my hand, ready Mm. to stack it. Mm. I'm expecting to add a brick today.
0: Yeah. So which brick? How many are you going to add today?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was a big brick day (laughs) (laughs) that I was expecting there to be a brick. And so until I was like, nope, I'm no longer building this wall.
0: Mm. Then you I gotta take down
1: a brick. Oh, I get to take another brick down. Mm. And another brick. Mm. And now there's no wall.
0: It's it's freedom
1: yeah. in a
0: relationship. And I think honestly, that's what we all want. Yeah. I think out of fear we build the distance. Out of fear we go back to the baseline and hover over our baseline. Yeah. But we were never intended to stay there. It, it's not even, it's it's probably, it feels like the safest place to be. Mm-hmm. But it's deceiving. Yeah. Because always having a way out, you'll never get to experience the full vent of what it could have been. Yeah. You'll miss out on the full potential yeah. that it could have been. If... You choose to stay at the lowest investment. High risk, high reward. Yeah. Now, this is a healthy dynamic. Yeah. So even though it's hard, she's speaking to a relationship that is healthy.
1: Yeah. I had no reason to cause for divorce besides being angry and bitter.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just that little. Just, Just that little bit. (laughs) That's just two small things. Yeah, (laughs) But, you know, I think once you get past that, this is what we want. This is what it actually is. Yeah. Then you develop this game plan of how are we going to get there then? Yeah. Right. Like, what do we need to do in order to make the path? And I think then when setbacks come your way when disappointments when somebody messes up when they forget what the agreed upon expectation is you're able to extend some wiggle room there they don't always have to be pushed off this cliff and that's where I want to keep them like if they made a mistake oh they just redefined our relationship Mm. right but When you decide what you want, that's always what you go back to. It has to be your biggest why. What do you want in this relationship? That's anything. With anything intentional, you decide what you want, what you already have, and what you need to do in order to get what you want. It's a cycle. It's just re-choosing or choosing a different cycle to go through. And that's regardless of if your relationship is healthy or unhealthy, you get to decide at what point you're going to just start from ground zero, figure out what you want your commitment level to be in your relationship that you're trying to be more intentional about, or if you're intentionally trying to put up more boundaries in the relationship, that still is going to require you to go through this cycle. Determine what your commitment level is that's independent from the other person in the relationship. Communicate clear expectations. And if you happen to be in a healthy relationship where you're able to get buy-in and renegotiate the terms, feel free to renegotiate the terms when they're no longer working for you or they're no longer working for the other person. And then define exactly where your baseline is in all of your relationships. The line you just, you don't go any lower than that. And I think if you're willing to do that, what we're offering you is a different perspective, a different approach that may be will help you find freedom in all of your relationships.
1: Yeah. Well, that's all we have for you today. Thank you so much for spending time with us. We would love to hear your feedback. So if you have any specific questions or topics that you would like us to cover, we would love to hear them.
0: You can always email us at btwpodcastcontact at gmail.com. Until next time.
1: Bye.